Welcome, 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 welcome back into the Forty Yard Line podcast. That was My, a lot of welcomes. I'm a I'm a happy camper today, guys. Uh, I'm I'm in a great mood. Evan, how are you feeling? I'm in a pretty good mood too. Our Great. friend's birthday last night. Very, very nice, very nice time with our friend Yanni. Shout, Shout out the out. Greek. Shout, Shout out the Greek. Shout out the Greek freak. Yes, love Yanni. Yeah, it's been, had an adventurous few days. Uh, I become a regular at a West Campus establishment, so that's been really cool for me. Yeah, that's been insightful and and fun and silly. And um, another awesome establishment, uh, JC. In the past few weeks, has gotten very into bouldering. So, mm. Yeah. We're not doing bouldering. I'm so though. glad that you wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not talking about that. I don't. No, I have gotten very into bouldering. Um, currently, I'm on like the third rock right now, but today I'm going to try to climb a fourth or a third and kind of get good at that. I'm just working on maps right now and foot placement uh, and like just a little bit of grip strength. So, but you know, for all my bouldering fans out there. Yeah, they did not care. They don't. But if you guys have ever done a boulder, let me know. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> and I guess we have to talk about, I don't know, basketball? Yeah, um, ba- yes, yeah. Basketball heavy episode, guys. Really not too much to talk about today as far as college basketball goes. Obviously, we'll talk about the Final Four, and we'll talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, we will talk about, you know, the um, Final Four, the crappy national championship game, and yeah, then we'll jump into right, the NBA right. because there is only one or two games left for these teams. And by Sunday, we'll know who's in the playing tournament and who's not. But first off, we're just going to start off uh, talking about, you know, Texas Longhorns. Of course. The Texas Longhorns. Uh, now, unfortunately, or, you know, well, we'll see. Tyrese, <laughs> Tyrese Hunter has declared for the NFL draft, or excuse me, the NBA draft. Yep. Uh, Tyrese Hunter, who was our little star two this year, um, kind of struggled throughout the season, but eventually came into his own role. Incredible defender. Um, not a guy you want to lose. Not a guy you want to lose, but he also does have the option to come back to college. You know, mm-hmm. if he goes undrafted and doesn't sign with the G League. That is an option. He also, before the draft process happens, he can see, oh, well, the only buzz I'm getting is really late second round. I'll come back to Texas one more year, try to get my stock up even more. And that's the problem. Is that's where I see him being at, mm-hmm. is is a middle to late second round pick. Yeah. Uh, so overall, um, I don't know. I don't love this move for Tyrese Hunter. I don't think it was his best decision. I don't so. think it can hurt, to be fair. I think he probably has discussed this with Terry and said, listen, it's always something I was going to try to do. I, he probably thought at the start of the season this is what was going to happen. Had a more disappointing season than he expected, and then wasn't you know wasn't quite ready to go. But now he's going to still see if he has feelers. But we'll we'll see what happens with him. I'm I'm more confident than not that he'll, he will come back. Same. Um, same. The same. You know, Dylan Mitchell, Dylan DeSue are guys who've been pretty quiet, but they're the two other big names. Are there, Will Mitchell declare for the draft? Will DeSue come back? There has been some news and like uh, from like Insider Texas and some people that. They think there's a chance that Mitchell declares for the draft. Yeah, um, I have heard that as well. I've heard those rumblings. I've heard rumblings that's likely that Mitchell leaves and DeSue comes back. Uh, once again, for Mitchell, going from a top ten pick to probably a late first round to early second round, not the smartest move. Yeah, um, I'm confident that we will retain two of these three players, though. Yeah, I would. I would be fine with that. And I think obviously this is a team that's going to be very active in the portal. Keel Ware is probably the the big name that you've been hearing about mm-hmm. with Texas recently. Big center out of Oregon, but. There's so much talent in the portal this year that I'm very confident that, that we're going to see some some moves from Rodney Terry. And we've already seen it in the Big 12. And Terry, Terry's with the USC guard yesterday. Yeah, he was. He met with yeah. his family yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. The two-name player's name I'm forgetting. But, um, I got you. And we've already seen seen some rumblings. Caleb Love, today when we're recording on Friday, just declared to Michigan. Huh. Go Blue. Um, interesting fit. We'll see how that works. Um, and as well as Kerr Kreisa, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Arizona guard. He led the Pac-12 in assists, I want to say. Uh, all the way to going to Morgantown, West Virginia. So that's some Big 12 competition that's already starting to come in from the portal. 
Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, that's about it for Texas basketball until, unless you got the name right yes. here. Yes, Reese Dixon Waters. There it is. That's, uh, what it that's the guy. Um, Chance could be good for Texas, but Rodney Terry did meet with his family yesterday. So yeah, and he was in excited. California, right, with AJ Johnson? Yeah. Yep. Terry's going to work. Um, I'm confident that he's going to get something done. So yeah, we'll I see. Too. Well, I mean, speaking of teams that got something done, UConn. That was, out. that was one of your better transitions. Thank you. Yeah, I've been you struggling that. recently. That was good, yeah. Um, Final four, quick little recap. You probably don't even need us to tell it, but UConn beat Miami 72-59. Obviously, Miami the team that beat Texas. The way we had been seeing it, kind of silver lining, is that <laughs> JC from the distance. Uh, silver lining is that this UConn team was probably beating Texas anyway in the Final Four. Um, San Diego State beat FAU on a last-second buzzer beater by Lamont Butler. Fire Gr- game. Great little mid-range jumper. Probably my favorite game in the Final Four. Actually, definitely my favorite game in the Final Four. Um, got to catch the last half of it. Really good game. And then final game, we all know by now, but Ugh. UConn just handled business. Didn't really look close at all. SDSU had their stretches where they looked like they were going to come back, but it was would they come back, not are they coming back. Yeah. So it was just an overall very, very dominant win from UConn in the final. And I think it's very safe to say this was the best team in college basketball. They deserve this win. They really had a, a bad three-week stretch in their season, but apart from that, they were the best team for most of the year. And very, very dominant win. Adama Sinogo won the player of the tournament. He was averaging a double-double, just a hair under 10 rebounds. We'll, we'll round it up for him. 20-10 and 10 on the on the tournament, and just a great performance from him. Obviously, you saw you know, Sinogo, Walt Hawkins, and Newton was their kind of tr- main trio that yeah. almost scored as many points as San Diego State together. So what, what was your thoughts on the game, JC? I mean, overall, the takeaway is just SDSU just looked a little too small out there. Yeah. For me, that was just the thing, and... I thought that UConn moved with more pace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously in the championship, and then you know, especially as we transition to the NBA as well, in these playoff or high stakes games, the the pace of the game is going to slow down significantly. But it was just, I, I felt like San Diego was rushing some of those buckets. I felt like they were rushing yeah. the shots, and they were when they would get the board rather than kick it back out, they would try to go back up, and it just wouldn't work. Uh, Pulled in 15 offensive rebounds, which is very impressive, but just couldn't get it done. And if you are shooting 26% from the three, yeah. you're never going to win. So um, No, I, I agree. It was just – it was an interesting interesting game because it wasn't – it didn't feel like a national championship game. It felt like the last few have been really good. But it almost like UConn had won the tournament already. By the, by the start of the second half, it was like, well, UConn's up by 12. SCSU can't score. It looks like UConn's still got a little bit left in them to score. I was there's I was no with your way. roommate. Yeah. Um, there was eight minutes left in the first half, and we were like, this game's over. Yeah. It, it was, and we were all watching it together, and just, yeah. it didn't even feel like a national championship game. It really, it was, you, you, I'll let you, you say your quote, how you felt about it. I will, I will say that, um, especially with regards to NCAA tournaments, because not only did we have, in college football, two of the best semifinal games of all time this year Definitely. on New Year's with the, the Michigan TCU game and the Ohio State-Georgia game. And then this year, a pretty incredible Final Four games. You know, you had a buzzer beater and a game that was fairly competitive. But, I mean, it's the same thing that happened with TCU and Georgia. It's the same thing I'm saying right now. It is a really disappointing end to what was one of the best tournaments that I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, definitely. That was, that's my main takeaway from this tournament. This has been one of my favorite NCAA tournaments ever. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's a top It's a top two tournament for me, I feel like. And just to kind of get deprived of this is a little sad. Uh, I'm not loving it. I did see a very interesting take from, um, you know, hopefully one day, our one of, one of our future employers, Barstool Sports. <laughs> sure. And uh, I saw this, oh, I saw this quote. It was like this tweet on one of their podcasts. And it said something like, I'll have to look it up. And it was like, 
The NCAA tournament is the only tournament where the games get less exciting because the outcomes are determined. I did see that as tweet. the tournament gets deeper. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like they're just saying that because UConn was so good this year, but I didn't feel like that way last year. I feel like when it came down to the championship game, I really did not know who was going to win. And who, who won last year? It was Baylor. Or sorry, Kansas, and then Baylor the year before. Both those. Both that those Baylor games, was like, a blowout though too. Yeah, but I didn't. You know. I, I thought it was going to be a closer game. Than I did too. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was just that this year it felt like UConn by the time that Texas had lost. Just looked so much better than every other team. Well, Texas was the um, only one that was going give, to give them a shot. Yeah, it felt like that. And, and Texas you know, was going to lose. If Miami didn't even give them a shot, then I mean, how can you expect Texas to? It was Texas or Miami. Yeah. yeah. But UConn, one of the most dominant tournament runs of all time. Yeah. I mean, you could argue it was the most dominant tournament run. It was, what, a 20-point differential average of their games, something around that number. And people just, just don't crazy. people just don't understand. They're, like, talking about how boring it is. No. That's insane. Like, yeah. If they're that good, win your games like that. They As, had, what, a 5 they, seed? Four yeah, seed? four seed. Four seed. I mean, they have legit, you know, four, you know, NBA level players. It felt like on that team and their yeah. starting lineup, and then more guys on the bench, like freshmen. They had two, two really impact freshmen, which was fun to see. Like you don't often see freshmen going crazy in the tournament, but Caravan and Klingon actually useful players for them. Throughout. They didn't have a great game this game in general. You played a lot with them. Yeah. But um, I have a question for you, JC, because this is a, a, a question that comes around a lot when it comes to UConn, and this tournament definitely makes the question harder. But basketball is a blue blood. It's all the all the big schools, the blue schools are the best teams. Has UConn gotten themselves in that discussion, like the top six to seven teams? Are, are they in that blue blood discussion? They now have the, won their fifth tournament in what twenty four years. Not many teams have had five tournaments anyway. They've won five of six Final Fours, and the real problem is that they really don't win the Big East or the American Conference when they're in it. So, is this team has they been, have they been good enough to be called a blue blood, or is it just? this 25-year span that makes you people think they are? They are. Yeah, they are. Um, I'm going to give it to them, not only because of their men's program, but because of their women's program as well. Well, I, I think if you're counting women, they're number one no matter what. Oh, wait, well, but I think, if you I count, think if okay. we're talking about men. Counting women's number one because they also had the single-handedly most dominant college run of all time. Uh, yeah. Shout out the UConn women's team for that little, like, what, six-year stretch. That was wild. They just didn't lose. Yeah, I'm counting UConn um, as a blue blood program. Okay, I'm giving to them because no, no, how many teams really have five NCAA championships? Well, actually, I'll look this up. I know UCLA does. Yeah, um, NCAA tournament. And there's not a lot. Uh-huh. Like, and UConn to have, I don't care what influence this is. You know, it's a 25 year run. Oh, I have it right here. Look, you got it. Uh, UCLA has 11. Kentucky has eight. Kentucky, North Carolina. North Carolina has six. UConn at four, tied for, or excuse me, tied for fourth place with Duke and Indiana with five apiece. Well, so the way I've always seen it is that UCLA, Kentucky, North Carolina are the teams that have won over multiple stages of time, have had recent success. Well, no, from Duke, Duke as well. Duke, no, but I mean, Duke is mostly just Coach K. Yeah, true. It, it's a lot of it is, is one or maybe two coaches, true. but UCLA, Kentucky, North Carolina all time are probably the three best, and I think you give the slight edge in that order. And then it does get into Duke and Kansas, who have been good over different times, but Kansas doesn't have the numbers. And then UConn, Indiana, even Villanova's there. I don't even put them in that group where they have the championships to to kind of be in that area. But again, it's like it felt like it was a long time ago for Indiana, and right now for UConn only. Like it was not a lot of different times. I understand, but also if we're giving it to Kansas, you know, like even though Bill Self is one of the top coaches in college basketball. He's been there for a while, and they've only produced, what, one or two championships? Yeah, well, I think my argument here is that they they should be considered a blue blood because they've always been the best Southern team, like that that team in that area of the region, and over three different head coaches, they've won championships, which shows their kind of overall dominance. I'll give you that. I will give you that. But I'm going to make the argument that if we can make the case for Kansas and Indiana, who has not been relevant in college basketball in a while, yeah. 
UConn deserves it. Yeah, UConn I think UConn is definitely ahead of Indiana right now. It's just, are they in that discussion of top five? Which I don't think I'll I'm give them top six. I think I'd give them six, yeah. I, I don't know s- if I'd give them five. Though. I'd say my bull vote is UCLA, yeah, Kentucky, sure. UNC. And then from there, in no particular order, it goes, actually, I'm going to put Duke, Kansas, UConn. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give UConn that, and I'm going to put them over Villanova. Yeah. That's where I'm I, I think I think Villanova feels like that, that next team out. And uh, I, I do think UConn's definitely above Indiana, and then it really does get murky after that. Villanova, some Michigan State might be in there, yeah. but I think it's I think it's fair. I think we agree on that around that six area. Yeah, and that's the, you, the you six love is that a fine spot to be. Yeah. But um, overall, though, college they would be number one firmly. Yeah, firmly oh, for sure, they, for they sure. would be the number one program um, of all time. Hopefully, I think you'd say Texas would maybe be nearing that top fifteen, top ten. I disagree. You don't think so? I disagree. Women's women has had some history though. Women's had history, but the, the, men's, the men's team is pretty. The men's team has produced nothing. Yeah, but it, I mean, if you think about it, not a lot of teams are good in both. Like LSU. Yeah. You know, they are not good in men's at all. I mean, it's the same way. argument. There's been, like, eight schools over the last 25 years that have been ranked number one in basketball and football, mm-hmm. and Texas won the field. Yeah. But was... Texas, you know, you have, like, the argument Texas is you do have this dominant stretch, but Texas is only good for decades at a time, mm-hmm. and then they're pretty crappy for decades at a time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you can have your fabulous 60s and your 2000s to be followed by 10 years of mediocrity and uh, Charlie Strong, you know? Yep. So that's my argument. For Texas, they need to do a little bit more before I'm confident about considering them a blue blood program. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. They got a while to go. The men's team, though, is on their way up, especially moving to the SEC. Um, I'm hoping Texas gets a national championship within the next 10 years, but we'll see. We will see. Yeah. Well, I think that is, is, is it for men's college basketball for us. That's the end of the tournament. Yeah, that's the end of the tournament. That's uh, it's, it's a little bittersweet. We've been doing a lot of college basketball this year. I've really enjoyed it. I think this is going to be it for a while, except for a few portal decisions. So Just portals and draft declarations. Yeah, right? draft declarations. So, well, thank you guys for listening throughout this whole basketball process. Um, I think we're going to squ- quickly go over to the NBA right now. Yes. Because we've got, for most teams, only one or two games left. And the playoff picture is done on Sunday. It's a it's little bit Sunday. murky of where things will be. I think I'll give a quick recap of the East because we're not really going to focus on it. But Milwaukee secured that one seed. Boston, two. Philadelphia and Cleveland, I believe, are battling for the three. But it looks like Philadelphia is going to get that. And then Knicks, Brooklyn, Miami, Atlanta rounds it out. Toronto, and it looks like Chicago are the teams that are going to be the 9-10 seeds for the play-in. But my Wizards have fully tanked it out. We're going for that bottom four team. Um, I, or, sorry, five team. Right now, I, I know no one really cares, but I care, so I'm going to say it. Ugh. Detroit is locked up that first, and the top three is going to be them, Houston, San Antonio. Here we go, baby. Give me Wemby. We're rooting against <laughs> Wizards fans. We're rooting for the losses in the next two games. We're rooting for the Blazers, the Magic, and the Pacers to win their games. Because the Wizards season has been pretty disappointing, but a top five pick would be nice. Yep. That's, yeah. But I think we're going to focus a lot on the Western Conference right now. JC, I mean, we talked a lot. We had one episode, I believe, about a month ago. We went deep into the West. Where we, we did a lot of trade rumors or trade deadline things and talked about teams we liked. How has your perspective changed? I think there's one obvious team that we can talk about. Ha. But uh, let, let me know your first thoughts about the standings. First things first, whatever, the East doesn't matter. The only team that's making out of it is going to be Milwaukee, Boston, or Philly. No disrespect to Cleveland. No disrespect to New York. No disrespect to Brooklyn. Um, I I'll, think the Heat could be a sneaky team. I don't. Team. I don't. Because Cause, cause Jimmy Butler's already in playoff form. He's averaging 30 yeah, over his last like, no, five games. Don't get me wrong. Jimmy Butler is an incredible player. But he's going in it with a much watered-down version of Kyle Lowry. And Bam Adebayo. That's really all he's got. Oh, know? Bam's still good. No, Bam's fantastic. Bam hero. But they've lost all their shooters. 
Uh, right now, their three-point team, the three-point shooting as a team, has fallen off drastically compared to you know their finals run from three years ago. Yeah, oh definitely. And Miami just isn't the same team that they had to. Obviously, Eric Spoelstra is a great coach, so he's going to push any team to six, seven games in a mm-hmm. series. But you're telling me that they're going to be able, you know, Kyle Lowry's going to be able to keep up with guards like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, you know, Tyrese Maxey, Harden. Even I don't think you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's so fair. for me. Uh, Cleveland's the only sneaky team that I see making a lot of noise, but the problem with Cleveland is if you figure out how to shut down Donovan Mitchell, then you shut down everybody. Yeah, I mean, and, Garland's a great scorer, but it, it's it's not a team with a lot of playoff experience, and Mitchell's the only one that's really shown anything in it. But I am excited because Donovan Mitchell in Utah has never had playoff success, but he's always been, you know, 30, 35 points, even mm-hmm. as a rookie. I still remember as a rookie when he dunked on Westbrook in one of the playoff games. It was, like I think, like his first or second ever uh, playoff game. I'm excited for this Cleveland team because, you know, one, I'm a Jared, Al- a Jared Allen, Evan Mobley lover from the <laughs> yep. day I die. I wanted Mobley so Fun bad, players. but and then we got a really bad draft pick, but it's whatever. But I'm a big, big fan of the Cavs and what they're about to do over the next few years. But for me, I just think that Cleveland is just lacking in maturity. But if Donovan Mitchell can actually have a Donovan Mitchell performance, I think they could make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, that's but fair. that's my thoughts on the East. Yeah, but I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. I think the Knicks... They've gotten much better this year. This season was a success for them compared to what the media thought it was going to be. Jalen Brunson, though. Brunson yeah. and Randall looked good. I just don't think they're winning it out. Brooklyn, no. same thing. I mean, Bridges has been great. I get that. But it's just them, Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago. Don't have confidence in them. Oh, no. But, I mean, Toronto and Chicago are going to be going into this if they win with losing records more than Yeah, likely. exactly. So, um, those have been disappointing seasons for sure. Uh, so we can jump right into it. Uh, you know, Denver's not making it out of the West this year. That's my first takeaway. I kind of want to hear your thoughts, too, uh, on Denver, but that's my first I think people Denver. are too pessimistic about them because of past times. Like, I get that they have not had playoff success with Jokic yet, but, like, they look good this year. It's a new year. The team is different. I do think that they can get this Western Conference final. I, I mean, I'll, I'll go out straight away and say I think it's them or the Suns for me that are making it out. Oh, I oh, still, I still am, am a Suns believer. It looks like KD is back to comfortability. Problem yeah. with the Suns what is, is that seven and zero when he plays seven yeah. and nine when he plays. Yeah. yeah, my one problem with the Suns is that they are uh, mid-range merchants. They they love going and shooting mid-range shots every single possession. Um, th- their game plan is a little odd. Their coaching is not up to par in my opinion. But I, they do have star power. It's no denying. I mean, how many people would you rather have than Durant and Booker out there for a final shot? No one. Not many. No one. No. Um, Chris Paul. I saw a fun stat. The only person that has taken less uh, m- shots at the rim this season given you know enough sample size, is P.J. Tucker. Chris Paul is huh. second to last in shots at the rim. That's how little he attacks the basket. P.J. Tucker only shoots threes. Yeah, exactly. If That's you're in funny. conversation with P.J. Tucker, you know you're doing something wrong. So uh, I thought that stat was hilarious. But either way, I think those are my two teams, in my opinion. There's still a lot of talent, and there's teams like the Clippers and Warriors where you're, you're really scared to play them. And even the Lakers all group into that at this point with how they've been playing. Oh, I, I was going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, they're well on their way to getting the sixth spot mm-hmm. because Golden State has a few more road games left. And here's a very interesting stat. Two more games each for them. I'm very excited for this one. Yeah. This is probably one of my favorite stats that I've heard this year. Golden State currently uh, with teams that are above like 500 share the same road record with the San Antonio Spurs. Wow. And, and if Toronto falls below 500 and they're at 500 right now, the Spurs will have a better road record. Good lord. Yeah. Oh my god. The Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs, who have 21 in, wins. We played in Austin yesterday. Yeah. 
Chris Bosh was there. Really? That. You don't like Chris Bosh? He's the reason we don't have six rings. That's a good point, yeah. He's the reason, yeah. Anyway, yeah. beside the point, Golden State, they've got to fix what's going on here. And, you know, everyone's like, Andrew Wiggins is coming back. They still weren't good on the road with Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> so good point. they got to figure out what's going on. Um, that's, that's a little intimidating for yeah. me. But I love that you're talking about the Lakers. I'm excited about the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to actually make it out of the play-in tournament, and I think they will be in the sixth seed. Well, and like you said, they could, they might just get that, yeah, get straight in, and they'd be playing the Kings, which I think they'd way rather have than the Grizzlies. Yeah, and everybody's like, is that Sacramento's reward for winning this yeah. season? Is to draw a first-round matchup with D'Angelo Russell, Rui, how do you pronounce his Hashimura. name? Rui Hashimura, a healthy Anthony Davis, a healthy Austin Reeves. A healthy Austin Reeves. Averaging 20 over his last 10 games. The Mac McClung of the NBA. <laughs> sure. And LeBron, who is still the most dominant player in the NBA at 38, 39 years old. I I wouldn't want to face this Lakers team right no, now. No, they're a scary team. And if you know for Sacramento, that's a pretty crappy way to go out. Because you're probably going out in five games. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this about a Lakers team, but they're... After, after, especially after the start of the season, they're a really deep rotation as well. Oh, it's insane. That, I mean, if you look at their rotation, they got one, two, three, four of these players, four of their ten players from the trade deadline, and mm. they are all putting in about like twenty minutes a game, and it's just a really nice group of they have players that can pass and create their own shot, like Reeves, like Russell. LeBron obviously can do that. But Anthony Davis has helped down low with Jared Vanderbilt. Schroeder's done really well. Yeah, Schroeder's gotten a lot better. Uh, Mo Bamba's coming back. He wasn't great for them when he played. We'll see if he even gets playoff minutes. But in theory, he's a player that should be helpful in the playoffs. I agree. It's it's definitely a team that you're you're not happy about playing against. And like you said, it feels bad for the Kings that they would, I think they'd rather play a Warriors team right now that's been struggling than than this Lakers team. And I like the Kings, but again, they're another team similar to the past ones we've been talking about. They just lack experience, too. That's all it is. Yeah, they they lack a lot of experience. So um, I do like De'Aaron Fox, Tomas Samotis combo, but um, we definitely need to talk about one team that's kind of been a – we have an elephant in the room right here, but the Dallas Mavericks, JC. What happened? Now, before we get on the Mavericks, side note, we haven't even talked about the two-seed. Memphis Grizzlies, who actually yeah, looked a lot better, point, yeah. ever since Straw got his head out of his ass, yeah, uh, they've looked a little bit better. Can we say that? I we can. Yeah. Um, however, before I was going to bring this up with Evan before the show, I forgot. Um, highly recommend reading the, like, it's like a fourteen minute read, the fourteen minute article that the Washington Post did yesterday on John Moran. Oh, I um, did hear about this article. It's yeah, a very good article, it and it goes very in depth on what he did this summer. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot more than the NBA was willing to release. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. Highly recommend checking it out. I think there's going to be something happening with John in the offseason. I'm interested to see where that goes. Who knows what's going to happen with that guy. But yeah, the Dallas Mavericks, who in February had a like 16% chance of making the tournament, or uh, the playoffs, are now down to, I believe is now less than 5% God. of making the playoffs. Behind the thunder, by the way. A tanking yeah. team. A tanking team who was trying to go for Wemby, but now could potentially be going into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, with you know, Josh Giddy, who only uses his left hand, like that's it. Well, and also these games are you know they're one-off games, so the Thunder can take a game from the Warriors, even though you wouldn't favor them. You know, Shea could just go crazy, like you said. Giddy's still a good player, though he only uses his left hand. I love, love Jalen Williams, love one of my favorite rookies. Um, it's crazy that they're out or they're in, and that the Mavericks are out. And the Mavericks, I mean, this Kyrie Irving experiment cannot fail worse. What? A, it's such a joke. It's such a joke. Um, the fact that, you know, Mark Cuban, because you know Mark Cuban has a lot of say in that organization. Yeah. He has a lot of pull. Uh, the Mavericks play tonight against the Chicago Bulls, and I believe if they lose, they are going to be going to be eliminated. But tonight, so as of this morning, 
since game's Friday, you know, Friday, April 7th. Hopefully we'll be able to get this up pretty soon here. But Tim Hardaway, Josh Green, who was out for rest. <laughs> yep. Rest in a must-win game. Maxi Kleber, the GOAT. Maxi Kleber. <laughs> and Christian Wood and Kyrie Irving are all out tonight. Yeah. I mean... What's going on? This couldn't have failed more. And, you know, Kyrie has said that he's willing to commit to Dallas, but this is also Kyrie Irving. Well, he's also said that he's going to explore the market in free agency. Yeah. So, yeah, he could be willing to commit, but he's also willing to commit to whoever team's going to pay him. This is the guy that has no problem, I believe, in my opinion, walking away from basketball. He could walk away not feeling anything about it. He stepped away for you know months at a time yeah. to deal with other things. And we're never going to get into that because I have a lot of opinions about Kyrie Irving <laughs> and who he is as a person, but I'm never going to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> but this reflects poorly on Luka more than anything else. Yeah. This reflects really poorly on Luka. This is the first time I've seen Luka slander in a while. I, I never wanted to slander Luka because I always thought he was a one-man show. But you have a second man now, and you're not doing anything. To be fair, I mean, it's his fault that he's bad at defense, but it's not his fault that no one else on the team can play defense when if you're a star player, usually the the one thing you ask your GM, hey, give me someone who can defend and shoot around me. And they got Kyrie, which is great, but we didn't think Dorian Finney-Smith's loss was going to be as big as it was, but just every team they play... Even Brunson's loss, too, as well. I mean, yeah, that's still going way back, but just every team that plays them, it feels like they just run right through them. Right through them. I mean, they, they did just recently beat Sacramento, which was huge for them, which I did not think was going to happen. And yeah, I lost money that, on that one. Yeah, and that yeah. was a game that, that kind of it, it almost might save their season. But now what you said with their, their resting players, but they lost to the mediocre Hawks, who are the most 500 team of all time, and let them drop 130 points on them. You just can't let that happen this late in the season against a Hawks team that really is in the same spot as you. They're just mediocre right now. And and once again, shout out to SPN. The only defense that's worse than San Antonio Spurs since the All-Star break? The Dallas Mavericks. So they lit up 129 to San Antonio. It's just crazy. Yep. Every game, I just feel like there's it's just chucking up shots, both teams. It's and ugly. you know, Trey Young versus Trey Young and Deontay Murray versus Luca and Kyrie, you're gonna see like sixty shots each between those duos. Yeah, you're just, so, just no dribbling either. Nope. Yeah. Just basket, basket, shoot, shoot. So Um, Dallas Mavericks. The fact that we're talking so much about the one team that probably isn't gonna be in the playoffs just shows what a waste of this season is mm-hmm. and how you gave up some stuff for Kyrie Irving and you are potentially setting your franchise back a few years. You're stunting the growth and you're maybe giving Luka an option to leave in a year or two. Ugh, that's, because That's not good. Because he does not have a long-term contract locked up with them yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with them. The Pelicans could potentially be getting Zion back Yeah, uh, if they do make the tournament. so unlikely is the problem. And every time I hear about it, it's just like, this thing happened, this thing happened. But... I mean, few teams can shoot as well as this Pelicans team, even without Zion. I mean, when he's, he doesn't shoot that much anyway, but, you know, the, the combo of Ingram, Murphy, and McCollum is pretty good. Yep. Probably just not the big three you want going into a tournament where you're going to have to face maybe LeBron in a play-in game. It looks like right now it would be the Timberwolves, probably, but then even if you win that, you'd be facing the Nuggets, who, you know, sometimes, I don't know if Jonas Valanciunas is guarding Nikola Jokic for a seven-game series enough. Yep. And without Zion, they just don't really have as many people that can score as the Pelicans. They so. do have great coaching, though. Yeah. And yeah. They, they, they do have momentum from a good playoff series last year. And their team so. is just keeps getting better and better. But yeah. I yeah, I, I don't have that much confidence for the Pelicans. And yeah, like I, mean, I said, but, Nuggets Nuggets and Suns for me. For me, it's the Suns. For me, I'm you know, maybe you're not going to agree with me. I'm saying Suns-Lakers. Wow. That's, I, I'm, that's saying, a lot I'm, of saying, I'm saying Suns-Lakers Western Conference Finals. That's where I'm at. Can that even happen? 
Oh, I don't know if I can. It depends on the seating. How the seating we'll see how the seating works. We'll see how the seating works. Those are your two strong teams, though. For me, I'm a Suns guy, big Suns guy, big. big you have the Suns two best guy. isolation players in the NBA, two of like the top eight. Yeah, two of the best. Um, you have a determined LeBron who probably wants to, you know, everyone says, you know, casuals is the term I use. Mm. People that don't understand basketball say Mickey Mouse ring, but the 2020 COVID bubble NBA was pure basketball. Pure, no distractions. It's why guys like, uh, oh shoot, what's his face? Uh, TJ Warren? TJ Warren, so that guy like TJ Warren is well, able to drop 38. Or Devin Booker is able to go 7-0 with one of the worst Suns teams of ever. <laughs> it's things like that because it's pure basketball. So the Lakers deserve that. That's why Jimmy Butler was able to carry that Heat team and play 40 minutes a game. Yeah. But for me, I think LeBron's got that motivation. I think he wants that that ring because, you know, he's he's my GOAT. He's your GOAT? He's my GOAT. Or we'll worry about that one another day. <laughs> we'll worry about that another day. But he is undoubtedly the most dominant NBA player of all time. And I think he wants just one more ring to erase everything and just get everyone just to shut their mouth and just – Enjoy greatness while it's still here. I mean, this ring would be the ultimate. I mean, that would be the ultimate win. For this him. would be his like. This would. This ring would be on Pieces par with the Cleveland's ring. Yeah, actually, that it would be on par yeah. with the Cleveland ring. Yeah. So, um, give me, give me the Lakers. I'll put money on it right now after this episode. Don't guys. do that. I'm probably gonna do it. Give me the Lakers. <laughs> give me the Lakers in seven over the Suns, and then they go in and they absolutely dominate the Bucks. Really? Yeah. You're thinking West team wins no matter what? I think the I think, Lakers. I think the West is walking away with it this year. I, I think I'm I'm more confident in the top half of the East. I'm not gonna lie. I think the, I think the Bucks win. I'm not gonna lie. I think that if the Celtics don't make it, there's gonna be question marks about Jalen Brown. The Sixers, oh well, he already looks like he he might want to leave. So the Sixers have Doc Rivers. So I'm not even worried about them. So it's really gonna come down to what Milwaukee can do. Well, I will say we should probably go over the two teams we've neglected a bit in the Western Conference before we we send it off. Yeah. Um, Grizzlies. Just a lot of distraction with them. John Morant, even when he's been playing, has been a lot less good than he usually is. Um, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, good players. But we talked about it last time, but it doesn't feel like they have that second scorer to really nope. elevate them. And if John Morant's not even going to be the first scorer. What do you mean, Luke Kennard? Yeah, Luke Kennard. Luca Kennard. Um, <laughs> Santiago Obama, my favorite player in the NBA. Don't. Greatest big man up. in the league. Um, Kenneth Lofton's playing for them now, which you got to love that. Uh, I think we both have similar opinions on the Grizzlies. Clamping up teams, but it's just going to be hard for them to outscore teams like the Suns. Um, the Clippers, a team that probably we shouldn't be neglecting because they actually do look pretty good. Russell Westbrook, like career redemption almost there. Facts. He's averaging Facts. 17 and 8 and 5 on pretty efficient scoring in general. He's been shooting better than a lot of people think, and he's passing really well. Been their number one point guard, which we criticized. We didn't think that was the right idea, and yep. we're kind of eating our words now. Him, well, the Paul Lakers George, also thought that too. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I mean, you saw Bones Highland said it in an interview, but apparently the whole team, was, that, that game against the Lakers this week, I was on Wednesday, was there like, that was for Russell Westbrook. That was our confidence booster. That was our, we're winning it for you. And they did. That 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 scoring combo of George and Leonard already is going to be good. But then Powell, Westbrook, Highland, Eric Gordon, those are some legit other guards on your team that you oh, really yeah. want to have in the playoffs. If you see Zubak, double-double machine. I mean, honestly, glitches, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's an L.A. team's going to be, going to be making it deep. Yeah, it's in, uh, yeah. I, I think I'd bet money on that. I think yeah, that that's something I would, I would be confident about. Um, speaking of betting, no. <laughs> uh, on the subject of Wednesday's game, I'm gonna give a slight shout out to just this random person we encountered, Avery from Abel's, the accounting major, who told me to take the over. Everyone called me a clown. Yeah, we did. I. <laughs> that's correct. They scored like eight points in 30 seconds. It shouldn't have happened. It should not have happened. At I got all. really lucky. Yeah, so lucky. Shout out Avery from Abel's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess I guess that's it for the NBA segment. I mean, yeah. like we said. Right, so here's my final NBA question okay, for you, yeah. Evan. Let's say, here's how I see the Western Conference plan play now. You have Denver, Memphis, and Sacramento firmly locked at the one, two, three. Phoenix and LA are probably going to stay at the four and five. I think LA is going to jump Golden State. The other LA, the mm-hmm. Lakers. Yes. So I think in the playing tournament we're going to get Golden State, LA, and this is the order. So you can go, go Golden State, New Orleans. Minnesota, OKC. Okay. So, you know, Golden State versus Oklahoma, New Orleans versus Minnesota. If this does shape up, who are the two teams making it out? I think the two favorite teams. I, I don't have any confidence in the Timberwolves. Really? No. Okay. I, okay. I, I don't care about the Timberwolves, man. I like Think of Anthony Edwards is cool. I like him. They have Great actor. Know, go, yeah, sure. <laughs> go Bears there, I guess. Um, Nas Reed, he's pretty cool. But, um... Yeah, I, and then obviously I'm not picking the Thunder in a series versus the Lakers, Warriors, or Clippers. Any, whichever one of those teams is the seventh seed. Um, I, I think the Clippers are firmly locked in. They, just, they just need to win them. one more game, yeah. which that shouldn't be a problem. I don't know their exact schedule. Um, don't you? Don't worry about it, sweetheart. We, we I got, got you. We got it. We're, we're, uh, we're prepared. We'll have the Blazers. Oh, the Blazers. Shut down Dame Lillard. Yeah, so they're, 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 they're going to beat that Blazers team. Anthony Simons isn't even playing. Drew Eubanks led them in scoring last night in the Moody Center. So. Drew Eubanks? Yes. That's how you know they're tanking. There's no way. Yeah. They're your line. No, yeah, Drew Eubanks just loved the two. I saw Drew Eubanks had an HDB, and it was the most underwhelming experience of my <laughs> life. I was like, oh, cool, mediocre player. I, I love it when you dog on the, like, the former Spurs players. I will awesome. always dog on former Spurs players, except for my boy Lonnie Walker. Hope he gets, he gets good playoff minutes for the Lakers. He's not. He's not good anymore. I know. Yeah, yeah he never was that good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, the Spurs won last night. Chris Bosh was there. Who cares? Whatever. Spurs suck. Uh, give me Wemby. Um, <laughs> Actually. Tyrese Hunter declaring for the draft. Not that good of a player. He'll probably be back. Dylan Mitchell, I hope you leave. You did nothing for us. Dylan DeSue, you're the GOAT. Please come back. I miss you. Well, that was transition us into our last segment with that. <laughs> sure. Uh, last segment, a little three-minute one. Guys, I'm really mad at Evan right now. Um, we're going to fight after this episode's over. Because for today's last segment, I wanted to do best David Fincher films of all time. Like it's so niche, man. Who cares? I'm a niche guy. You yeah, know? obviously. That's why we <laughs> social network. That's why we don't have enough Seven. views. <laughs> Gone Girl. Like I could name two of those that I've watched. Bangers on bangers on bangers. But instead, we're doing um, top five bald people of all time. Uh, a draft. Uh, Evan, because you are a um, uh, menace to society, and you're the bane of my existence. You can have the number one pick. All right, The Rock. Chalk it up. No other better choice. The Rock is the best ball person of all time. The Rock is the best ball person of all time. I'm actually going to go with the guy who did everything for his family and build a multi-hundred million dollar company. And, you know, people can say all they want about him, but he was the coldest guy in the game. I'm going to go Heisenberg. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. going to go Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Give, me, give me Walter White. Okay. But yeah. specifically Walter White, not uh, no, specifically not Heisenberg. Brian Cranston when he's, uh, when he's bald. Specifically Heisenberg. Yeah, not Brian Cranston. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, no, no disrespect, Brian Cranston. Yeah, of course. Number two. Uh, no, that was my number two. Uh, or we do number one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want the next pick? No, no, no you're good. No, okay, okay. My bad, my bad. Uh, I'm taking, uh, you know, you said LeBron was your GOAT. I'm taking my GOAT, Michael Jordan. Mm, he is a good, good ball. Probably the, probably the best athlete, bald athlete. I don't think there's any competition at all. So. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, my number two, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, he, he cares a lot about the kids. He cares a lot about the school. Uh, he's not completely bald yet, but he's getting there. I'm going to go Mr. Mackey from South Park. Okay. Uh, okay. You know. Okay. Shout out Evan's dad loves Mr. Mackey. My dad does love Mr. Mackey. So I'm gonna go him. Um, number three. Um, you know, <laughs> since you're talking about, you know, for the kids, you know, real family men. People. You do homework already, know, yeah. Pe- people who, uh, you know, who, who love their family. Uh, uh-huh. Vin Diesel. 
Firmly. That was good. That yeah. was good. Yeah. That's a great bald person. That was good. All right, all right. I'm going this one. This honestly should be my number one pick. Um, it's not on his hecking tempo, all right? It's He knows he was the one that did it. He was in La La Land. He was in Juno. America's oh. man, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Yeah. Simmons, top ball guy. I would actually, I don't know how I let him slip through the cracks, but I'm going J.K. Simmons. Um, for me, number four, a bit out there. Give me Mini-Me from Austin Powers. I don't really know his name, but I love that guy. That guy's sick. He killed himself. He did? Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. No, oh, yeah. rest in peace. A few, like, three or four years ago? Oh, well, yeah. no, that makes me feel worse. No, you're fine. Like, it's because, never mind. We'll get into it later. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. La, 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 la. Uh, I hate LL Cool J. Just wanted to establish yeah, that while we're here. We both go to a list. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I saw I saw one that I'm gonna pick as my last one because I think it's hilarious. You would totally take this. I one. would not take Jason Statham. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with the best actor of all time. Mm-hmm. Fantastic in all the Hangover movies. <laughs> yeah. Give me Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson. He, he, shares a, he shares a birthday with me. No way. Yeah. Me and Mike. Me, Michael Phelps. Mike Tyson. I got a birthday. That's hype. June 30th. Remember the date. I um, think mine's just like a Christian saying. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, he also has a very good new product that he's been making, the Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike, Tyson's, Mike Tyson's an entrepreneur now. Good for him. Yeah. Um, Big fan of his products. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll go with my number five. Um, probably the most religious thing you're going to hear from this podcast as well. The Dalai Lama. That's my oh. boy. Give me the Dalai Lama. One of the goats. We're a religious time. podcast now? Sure, man. Down. All right, last pick. Who you picked? You're not going to pick Floyd Mayweather, are you? So half of me wants to do that guy from Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> what? But I'm gonna go with the guy. But he's a pretty, pretty, pretty good. Give me Larry David. <laughs> Give me Larry David. <laughs> Can we count him as bald? He's still got some hair on that head. He's bald. Yeah, yeah. He yeah he's a bald a hole, and I love him. <laughs> okay, we gotta end the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's we, we we're we're going shorter than most of our episodes. It's already feel like we've been got, talking for too long. This is a banger episode. Banger this episode. Is a banger Basketball and Larry episode. David and the Dalai Lama. Um, Amen. Well, thank you guys. I'm gonna give a little little shout out to this whole basketball season. Thank you everyone who's who's been around and, and been helping out. Uh, we appreciate your listening and everyone who's listened to this, watched basketball with us, been around for the games. You know, we've had a lot of fun over the tournament with our friends. So. Uh, just shout out to everyone, and thank you for all these great episodes. And that, that's Evan signing off for today. JC, what do you have to say? Shout out to Teeks, uh, the family that we have. You know, a uh, little, 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 little family we all love to death. Had a few more of some guys join our family this past weekend, which yep. we're more very excited about. Um, all love to you guys. All love to all of our fans and our friends, people that come up to us whenever we're you know at Ables or just out in public, and like, oh hey, I've like sent this podcast to your friends and stuff like that. Really means a lot to us, and we're. We're trying to make something happen here. Uh, so, you know, the constant support, we always appreciate it. We love doing this. And you've now been through one football season, one basketball season, and we still got a baseball season to do with y'all too as well. Definitely. So we're getting ready for it. We're excited for it. And, uh, you know, when we're, when we're coming back in the fall, those episodes are going to go crazy. Oh, God. And, you know, you're going to hear me screaming in the mic a lot of oh, different yeah. things. So, but we're excited. It's going to get feral. Uh, it's going to get real feral. Uh, I'm going to get real feral next week at 2.30 because the orange and white game is on, baby. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> but until next time, like Evan said, I'm Jacob Compass. I'm Evan Beath. And we'll talk to you next week.